Hello, friends, parasocial relationships, former lovers, family, whoever's listening to this, enemies, people in the future trying to do oppo research and get me cancelled. Welcome to I Haven't Heard That Name in Years, a lazy memoir and a medium effort interview podcast. Today we're talking about my little foray into Norway in 2010. Uh, it was a very formative experience, and I, I talked to somebody that was uh, one of my uh, colleagues, or the other, another student at American College of Norway, Christine. Uh, she's awesome. I uh, butchered her name up top and feel bad about it. Uh, but hey, uh, if there's if we can't go in being humble about being a, a dumb American that can't speak two languages, what we can we do uh, and be self aware. I didn't talk about my forays into the rest of Europe in this interview, so I, I kind of wanted to do highlights of that up top before we get into the interview with Christine. Uh, so I managed to make it over to England, uh, Belgium, Paris, and uh, Sweden. I'm not going to say Sweden doesn't count, but it was taking a train over the border and also taking a car over the border and uh, not doing an intense amount of tourism because uh, it was the equivalent of jumping into Delaware um, from Pennsylvania or <laughs> going into New Jersey from Pennsylvania to get stuff, which we do talk about on the show. But I do want to tell a couple of uh, stories or highlight a couple of things. Uh, in England, uh, I had the, first off, poorly planned. I decided to go to England and London at the last minute and uh, I crashed with somebody I actually knew from the... Uh, Hadassah Brandeis Institute internship that I, I talked about with Marley Wiener in another episode. Uh, but, uh, excuse me, Rabbi Marley Wiener, if you get a title that cool, you have to keep using it. Uh, so I I showed up there with very little planning, uh, super pre-medication uh, era Hannah planning, um, and just started kind of wandering around London with no real goals. I did not end up at that many museums. I, be I believe I got to, like, the equivalent of the National Gallery there. I, I did uh, stop at the Globe Theater to use the bathroom, but I did not actually go in. So, <laughs> wait, that makes it sound like I peed on the Globe Theater. Guys, I just want you to know, here and now, Oppo research people, I did not pee on the Globe Theater. I went inside and asked to use the bathroom and I was there. Thank you uh, for giving me a second to clarify that. So, ooh, 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 of course, you can give me all the seconds that I want because it's my goddamn podcast. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, yeah, England accidentally found uh, Charles Dickens' house uh, looking for a latex clothing store because this is still a peak BDSM involvement years. But, hey, got to see uh, Charles Dickens' house, which is, uh, you know, house museums of historic people frequently a ripoff thankfully there was no cover charge for this uh but it was still cool stuff and there was some cool like you know like original manuscripts or whatever and a, you know a little mannequin uh dressed up as a character from oliver i think yeah they had little mannequins dressed up as characters from oliver the musical you know important Important British cultural heritage. My favorite part, though, was the day tour trip I took to Stonehenge. Uh, besides the fact that I'm a huge ancient history nerd, and uh, to watch, I get a watch 
lot of things to relax in the genre of how did this giant rock get here? Is it possible that ancient technology knew how to master the art of levitation? This rock was carved from a quarry an impossible amount of miles away, which is like, there's so many of those, uh, and they're very relaxing to me. I don't know why. Uh, so I went to Stonehenge for that reason. And then uh, also the sheep, they're very cute. I, I didn't, I, I seriously, I actually regret not buying a stuffed sheep from the Stonehenge gift shop. And I don't know what my problem is because I could probably order one online, but hey, live and learn next time, you know, like you live in the moment, buy the stuffed sheep. Also, I had one of the best uh, tour guides. I don't know if it, was, it wasn't tour guide because he didn't tour us around Stonehenge itself. Uh, he was just the guy driving the bus from England to Stonehenge. And he gleefully told us that he has the record of bus drivers uh, of leaving more people at Stonehenge that didn't get back to the bus on time than everyone else. And he's very adamant about you have to be on time or I'm going to leave you at Stonehenge, which is incredible. And he said it very politely, very British. And I can't possibly imitate it, but man, shout out to that guy. Just straight ass uh, ditching people in the Salisbury Plains, you goof. Hope you're still doing it. Um, that, that is some Philly energy in New York. You better get to the bus on time or I'm leaving your ass. Uh, and then uh, I also met... Um, my British Jewish family, uh, my, you know, one of the ancestry.com type wings of your family, uh, at the risk of, uh, promoting my own stereotypes in, uh, in Jewishness, I I'm going to say the British, uh, Jewish contingent, uh, the people I stay, both the people I stayed with in the family I met, those are the only Jewish people who have ever told me I'm too loud. I was too loud for England. People were constantly telling me to stop yelling in England, and I, uh, don't think I could survive there long term because of it. I can't, uh, I'm, I don't have any issues with hearing, but I certainly can't control my volume when I get excited. Shout out to my producer that has to hear me blow out the mic all the time. Hi, B. Thank you. Uh, so Paris, actually Belgium first, because there's uh, not as much to say about Belgium. Belgium, I met up with somebody who was another person on a message board, which another another thing I absolutely love to do in the pre-bipolar medication days is just meet up with random people from message boards without doing a whole lot of research on who they are. Uh, but Mario, awesome dude. Uh, Mario Boone, he's a cartoonist. Uh, he, sh he showed me around everywhere, which is great because I cannot speak, I can speak French, which was cool in Bruges, uh, but I was staying in Ghent, which is the Dutch part, so I didn't know what I was doing. Um, experience, uh, Belgium was a lot more of me just running around and drinking. I used to be a bigger beer nerd, and it was a lot less of me running by my uh, running around by myself. So the some of the stories are, or, or the stories are in general, way less chaotic. But shout out to Belgium in general for having a culture based on uh, comic books, waffles, French fries, and chocolate. How great is that? If only it was uh, slightly more legal to smoke weed, it would be flawless. And uh, Or, you know, the, the government didn't have three different national languages and a bunch of confusion and weird shit. But hey, what can you do? Nowhere's perfect. Uh, so Belgium, uh, I think the highlight was definitely this one bar in Ghent. Oh, oh, also it was snowing. It was right before Christmas. It was beautiful. I'm going to say 
the highlight was the bar in Ghent that uh, would give you a like a yard glass, but obviously they wouldn't call it that because the rest of the world looks uses metric and base ten like the same people. But it would have been the it would have been called a yard glass if it was in America. But they had apparently they had such a problem with people stealing these glasses that the and I, I don't know if this is like related to something else if this happens at other bars, but they had such a problem with people. Uh, taking these glasses that in order to get one of these glasses they have to confiscate they confiscate your shoe one of your shoes and they put it in a basket and they raise it above the bar and you cannot get your shoe back until you return the glass and it's snowing outside so nobody it doesn't matter how drunk you are you're not going to leave without one of your shoes um brilliant hilarious not sure if they still do it. Also, great way to make me feel like I need to finish a beer that big because there's no way I was going to return, like, walk of shame back with a partially finished beer to get my shoe. Oh, that bar also had uh, inflated uh, pig bladders or bladders of some kind of animal being used as lamps. Super awesome. Uh, go Belgium. And then Paris. Paris incredible uh a lot that that probably had uh more stories and twists and turns than uh, literally any other trip that i took uh, i did not have any people that i knew in paris that was the country and that and sweden were the places and well you know <laughs> norway if we're being completely honest or you know are the places that i showed up where i didn't know a single soul or know of a single soul and I, uh, again, uh, pre-bipolar medication, Hannah absolutely loved never planning out any vacations correctly, not knowing where to go. Uh, so all I had were like a series of locations in my head from uh, various French classes that I took over the years and uh, mirth and running around. Uh, so I booked a hostel in uh, Pigai, uh, which is the same neighborhood as uh, Moulin Rouge and many other acclaimed brothels. And I, it was called the Woodstock Hostel. I, God, I love seeing which little pieces of American culture manage to float over because it's a lot more random than you'd ever expect. But uh, yeah, Woodstock Hostel had a bunch of random hippie decorations. They had an entire old VW bug in there decorated, uh, clearly pandering to me. Uh, the Americans, uh, they also had a, a sick cat named Jesus, not sick, like literally sick, but sick, like an awesome, uh, a cat named Jesus, who I loved. I love Jesus greatly. And also, uh, again, NP guy, which I didn't, I wasn't aware that you're not allowed, uh, to walk around P guy at night without random Italian expats hitting on you and following you around. But boy, did I learn that fast. Um, and, uh, I actually, if I remember correctly, I called somebody a pig in French and they left me alone. That was fun. Again, uh, so <laughs> incredible how I just, like, kind of lived without getting uh, beaten up in foreign countries, uh, prior to, I really thought I was invincible prior to bipolar medication, but it led to a lot of fun things. I would say, uh, the most fun thing that happened as a result of poor planning uh or just lack of planning entirely no schedule in any of my days uh so i went to the louvre uh because that had been a bucket list item in particular seeing uh, la victoire uh the angel sculpture by michelangelo was a bucket list item uh i hilariously did not go to see the mona lisa because uh my louvre trip got slightly cut off 
I was looking for a Hieronymus Bosch painting in the Louvre because there are not that many Hieronymus Bosch paintings left. They had one of them wandering around and my combat boot, uh, I, didn't, I had new rock boots at the time, uh, completely uh, split open, the like zipper split open. And the if you've ever seen new rock goth boots before, each sole of those boots is ridiculously heavy. Like, besides them being, you know, thick rubber soles, they also had a steel toe and a big chunk of metal, like, smack in the middle of the sole that has the New Rock logo on it. And then a huge steel plate also on the back of the shoe, on the heel. Uh, so, basically, I have this, like, weight... <laughs> <laughs> like eight to ten pound weight dangling off my foot thankfully like a good goth I did happen to have somewhere in the neighborhood of like 20 safety pins on me at that point so I, I safety pin up the entirety of this boot and then I continue hobbling around thankfully I had enough French to ask where the Hieronymus Bosch painting was to various gallery people uh but I did not know uh that he actually he's actually not credited on the painting he just painted a couple of characters inside the painting and it was kind of somebody else's painting and boy did that take a while for me to figure out with the, the french but hey and and it was never something you can't look it up on smartphones anymore you used to be able like you, you can you can do that now like there's so many of these stories that would not have taken place ever if i didn't have a smartphone like i probably could have figured that out now but instead i struggled through French to figure out that the Hieronymus Bosch painting was not labeled. Uh, so then, just for unrelated, re you know, unrelated reasons, uh, I had uh, printed out where various goth stores were in France, or rather, rather in Paris, and I was like, okay, well maybe, you know, even if they don't have the ability to fix new rocks, they'll have, you know, some other stuff, so I, and so I can just buy different shoes. So I roll up to this goth store and I'm looking around and I'm talking to people and I'm using all my uh, French class dialogue, which uh, again, uh, is, I, you know, I bring, or not again, but I, you know, I bring this up in the interview with Christine that people in Europe seem to love not clocking me as American. Like they clock me as like English speaking with an American accent, but uh, slow and from somewhere else in Europe. So <laughs> I am able to successfully I uh, just kind of cruise through a lot of these business transactions uh in my rudimentary French uh it sort of felt like a French textbook it was like you know every conversation in stores is just like hello how are you I'm doing great how are you what are you looking for I am looking for socks which socks those socks over there like I I, I still can't believe that I managed to get through any of that because I, at the time I, I hadn't taken French in, um, I'm going to say like five or six years. Uh, but anyway, I go into this store and I'm like kind of putzing around doing my little French class dialogues to kind of figure out what I want. And then uh, from the back room, I hear uh, an American accent speaking. It's, it sounds like somebody that was East Coast American accent, easy. And so I kind of pop my head around the corner and look at this guy and I go, hey, um, are you from America? And he goes, yeah, I'm from Brooklyn. I like just got off the plane a couple hours ago. And I'm like, oh, sweet. What are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm making custom vampire fangs, which is a thing you can do. Uh, they're usually made out of like 
the same kind of material the dentures are made out of uh you can you know buy the, these custom fangs that these guys make uh they are two little teeth they're not like those halloween ones that go in your entire mouth and they're molded uh with the dental stuff uh to just fit directly on your two teeth that would uh, be the ones that you want to become the vampire fangs the standard standard vampire fang teeth whatever they're called i'm not a dentist um you can just pop them on and off and they're pretty cool and I, being uh, still an employee at Passional Boutique and Sexploratorium, uh, the lovely humans I interviewed in the last episode, uh, I knew other custom vampire fang makeups, uh, makers, uh, other custom vampire fang makers on the East Coast. So I asked him, I'm like, hey, do you know Wraith? And he's like, yeah, I know that guy. And we start talking about East Coast goth nonsense. Feels very weird because we're in Paris. And he goes, okay, well, you know, here's the deal. I just got off the plane uh, and I run the English language ghost tours in Paris. So if you wouldn't mind going up the corner and getting me a sandwich, I will take you on the ghost tour for free. I'll comp you. And I was like, that is awesome. So I got to go on the ghost tours for free uh, because I broke my shoe in the Louvre and befriended a fangsmith. And that was lit. I got to see the barbershop Sweeney Todd is based on. I got to see all kinds of, like, mysterious, you know, instead of, you know, like, it pointed at the opera house. This is where Phantom of the Opera was based. All kinds of famous hauntings based on various places. At one point, he stopped at a, a store that was an exterminator. He's like, this doesn't have anything to do with the ghost tour. But look, they have all these rats hanging in the window. Isn't that gross? Just fantastic. And then I had a lovely dinner with him and two French dominatrixes, and unfortunately, they were on their way to a fetish ball that I could not match the dress code for. So, uh, you know, if I had a time machine <laughs> and I could go back, I would have taken the BDSM clothes that I absolutely had sitting back in Norway uh, and that taken, or that even goth clothes, because it was more of a more of a clothes-on kind of fetish event, apparently. Uh, so uh, I would have totally taken those and packed them and brought them to Paris. But I didn't think I was going to get up to that nonsense in Paris. Uh, so who knows? But I still got to have a lovely dinner with two French dominatrixes and talk about things. So that was fun. Uh, yeah, Paris. Awesome. Oh, also, at the Catacombs gift shop, by the way, if you're in Paris, you need to go see the, uh, the, the millions of French skeletons buried underground. Probably one of the most fun things I saw. Uh, maybe fun's not the word. The horrifying and uh, weird time capsule of uh, cruelty, but cool. Morbid. Still a goth over here. Uh, I still have a shirt from the Catacombs gift shop uh, that has just a skull and skeleton, you know, the skeleton doing jazz hands. And it just says, ha, like H-A-A-A-A-A-A, and then the lips, like three dots. And I'm looking at this shirt and then I look and then there's shirts with the same print that say boo at the bottom. Um, so I asked the shopkeeper uh, in French, I was like, hey. Is, for, is ha the French word for boo? I'm American. And he goes just like, ah, oh, we. Oui, and he answers me in English, ah, we. Oui. Uh, when the French, uh, when we want to scare someone, we jump out from behind something and go, ha! And to this day, I don't know if he was messing with me, but, um, ha! <laughs> it would be lit. I hope that's true. I really hope that's true. Um, 
I shout out to the confused waiter that uh, came back after I ate my food and asked me uh, what I'd eaten because he had forgotten for the check. And I squinted at him and in really slow French I said, I forgot the name of the food. Can you please bring me the menu so I can read it again without getting, you know, the simple word for the sandwich I just ate. <laughs> so, again... Uh, not clocked as American, but very slow. Very, very, very slow. Um, and so now we move on to Norway, uh, the magical land, uh, with student discounts for public transit and student discounts for the BDSM club I used to hang out at, something I've never seen before or since. Uh, we also had, uh, worst pizza I've ever had and the best sushi I've ever had and also the best, uh, hot dogs, which, uh, counterintuitive but shout out to the norwestern Nor uh, convenience store that had the bacon wrapped hot dogs every single place and for some reason managed to do it better than america i i don't i don't get it but hey didn't have to understand it to eat the cheap food while i was living there as a college student uh so yeah welcome to norge or the uh Norge episode or whatever and again me butchering basic things that I used to know how to say in the episode and names all right and welcome And welcome back to my lazy memoir. I haven't heard that name in years. Uh, we have a very special, this is our second uh, internationally recorded episode, except this time I'm not speaking to a pirate expat. I'm speaking to a Norwegian native. Uh, we are, as I said on top, uh, talking about my crazy little study abroad adventure back in 2010. And uh, I have uh, Christine Fulgero. Uh, is it O or U? Uh, I, I, I don't remember Norwegian. I'm bad in Norwegian anymore. What was the O through the slash with it? I'm American. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's uh, Fulgero. Yeah. Uh, Fulgero. Uh, oh my god, I suck. Um, <laughs> you did better it's, than uh, the Texans. I stayed in Texas. Oh, Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that there were, um, did we, I think I remember when we were there, the exchange students were Norwegian, were not Norwegian, they were, uh, North Dakota people mostly, and then we had one person from Paoli, and, like, there was, like, two military expats, right? Like, am I remembering that right? You, like, yeah, that's right. I was, uh, yeah, there were a few Americans, and then I remember there was mm -hmm. one from, somewhere from Asia, Oh, right. Yeah, I think that, yeah, that was the thing. I don't know if it was my semester, um, but I, I remember people from North Dakota, and then there was one, oh, yeah, now I remember. It was Baltimore and Paoli, so they would have been Maryland and also Pennsylvania, but not Philadelphia. Interesting. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold the floor for a second. I, I, wanna explain, I don't know if you know this whole story or remember this whole story of how I got over there in the first place. Um, so Westchester University, 
University of Pennsylvania's uh, study abroad department. Um, you might you came back and went to Westchester for a little bit, right? Did you do that, or am I remembering that wrong? No, I went straight to Texas. There was no way I was going to oh, okay. go any place that was as cold or colder than Norway, so I went south. Good work. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, that's the that, that's the dream right there. Uh, <laughs> just avoid. Uh, for, for me, I was just trying to uh, go somewhere with slightly better politics, but that's a whole other, <laughs> that's a whole other ball of wax. Yeah. Um, so my, uh, yeah, so the study abroad department at Westchester University of Pennsylvania, uh, I don't know if this has changed, but at the time it wasn't so much a department as it was one woman with a desk in the attic of the grad school building uh, named Angela, and she was mostly working with uh, private study abroad companies. Uh, There wasn't that much that was sponsored by the university. I think it was just like they had one thing to Israel and one thing to Singapore or something, and it was more about the department. It wasn't the study abroad department that managed it. They just kind of helped um, so Angela is essentially like kind of a shady travel agent, but just working on university <laughs> payroll. She's working with all of these uh, private contractors. Uh, I was thinking about doing a study abroad to Italy with one of the private contractors, but it ended up being too expensive. So I decided not to do it, but I was on their mailing list. And when one day, uh, it was the, I believe it was like early summer of 2010 or something. It was like really close to when the program actually started. Uh, Angela sends out an email, hey, we got a letter like of interest from this uh, small college in Norway where Norwegian students go to earn American college credits. Uh, but, you know, we would need someone to test it out. They used, actually use the words test it out. And they're like, are there any students that want to go to Norway in like two months? <laughs> and I, that was actually how that was recruited is that they were just like, we need to send one person to make sure that this isn't shady. <laughs> which need is, a guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that that is literally what happened, and it's very funny to me that they did that, because, yeah, on paper, like, ACN is fantastic, they've got great recommendations, but, like, if you're physically looking at it on paper at the time, you're, you're living in, like, construction worker dorms a few feet from a paper mill, 40 minutes uh, train ride south of a major city, so... That makes me believe, like, yeah, they probably needed to just, like, send somebody. (laughs) So I was, you know, and these are all things I didn't know before I left. I was just in a very bizarre place where I was like, yeah, I could stand to leave the country for six months because uh, personal life's been better. And uh, I think it could use some space from America for a little bit. Um, So I just kind of went, oh, and I also had, like, zero information about Norway in general other than being a fan of Kaiser's Orchestra. That's Yes. <laughs> I remember you told me that when we first met. Yeah. You were, I was like, so wh- why did you want to come here to Norway? Why why Norway out of all the countries? And you're like, one of my favorite bands are Kaiser's Orchestra. And I want to learn Norwegian <laughs> so I can know what they're saying in the songs. And I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> Yay! I'm glad you thought it was cool. It's a it's a wildly it's a wildly specific reason to leave the country for six months. But um, I am glad that you thought it was cool. I mean, they um, are one of the I, best was, bands here, so 
Yeah, no, they totally are. And then I was also listening to Data Rock at the time too. You know, these time capsules—they're—they're they're also Norwegian and uh, in Brune. Um, I still—I still listen to her when I need to re- relax, but she's also Norwegian. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is—I uh, <laughs> mean, this—this this is pre-Uvis. I think Uvis didn't really pop off in America until 2015, <laughs> but they're also in a different class. Yeah, so that was how I made it over there, and it was this whole thing back and forth with Westchester where they were just like, yeah, we're going to charge you the same per semester, but then we couldn't figure out who to actually give the money to because the bursar was like, what do you mean you can't pay us for going to Norway? And now we're like, who are we supposed to pay? And ACN's like, not us. So <laughs> it, was like, it was like two weeks before I left, before we figured out if I was actually going to be able to pay for this, because would anyone take the money? Um, and then I go. Uh, so, yeah, so let's, let's talk about Moss a little bit, just as an entity, because a lot of people assume that when you're American, you do a study abroad, you're going to a major city, which is not what was happening at all. Is your, are your parents, like, anywhere near Moss, or, like, did you have experience with that town before that, or? No, um, I come from, like, what we call the middle of Norway, I come from closer to Trondheim, Mm -hmm. which is up where Mm -hmm. Norway gets skinny, um, Right. I I had never been to Moss. I'd only heard about mm-hmm. the paper mill and that it smelled really bad. Um, so, yeah, but I was... I had done uh, one year of, like, studying abroad in the States when I was in high school and I was keen to go back there. Um... And then uh, I heard it from a friend. She had gone to uh, ACN in Moss, and then she went to the States. And I was like, okay, cool, I'll just go there. And once I get an idea like that, it's like it doesn't really matter where it is, like where the school was, mm-hmm. what town it's in. So, yep, Moss was, yep. I just dived in. Yeah, yeah, I I completely understand that. I, I completely understand that because that's pretty much what I was doing, but like from the other direction and with e- significantly less information than you. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, and it's it's on me also for not asking a lot of questions. I really didn't ask enough questions when I was going. I had a great experience, uh, but I also just kind of learned a lot of stuff on the ground too. So like Moss, uh, we keep talking about the paper mill. So the deal with this town is the paper mill smells bad enough that if you're taking the train in and you don't leave the train, like if you're just passing through, you can smell it while you're on the train. But then after a couple of hours, you get, or not even after a couple, it's, it's like about 15, 20 minutes, you're suddenly used to it. Uh, but the paper mill in question was across the street from the school, mm-hmm. which is uh, wild to me. I keep wondering, I'm like, was it bad to inhale those chemicals or are like because i feel like you're not supposed to adjust to favorable smell but i'm also like i i, I don't know um <laughs> yeah i don't know either i never thought of mm-hmm. that but i mean it yeah that uh factory it shut down just like a year or two after we were there i think oh um, man so moss smells normal now yes That's awesome it doesn't stink <laughs> and i remember while we lived there you know, mm-hmm. if the wind had been like favorable for a few days and then suddenly it shifted and we could smell it like, oh, and then it's like, oh, yeah, that was that stink again. And then you got used to it after 
15 minutes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I live not far away from Moss now, actually. It's just oh, cool. half an hour where, away. Where are you at? I'm in a small town called Os, which is pretty much mm-hmm. uh, right between Oslo and Moss. And mm-hmm. there's a small university here, and I started working there in the park as a, as a gardener. I, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, I got sick of people at some point, and I was like, plants don't talk. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a gardener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we love plants. I have fond memories of uh, uh, berry picking with you guys. That was fun. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Plants are fantastic. But yeah, Mo- Moss is uh, such a, a funny little place. It's very picturesque. Um, it's very funny that when I tell Norwegian people that live here that I lived there, they uh, their first response is about the smell every time. Like, you're just like, oh, you lived in Moss, doesn't it smell? <laughs> but now that now the information is old, apparently. So cool. It's good. That's good to know if I decide that I want to go back and visit um, <laughs> this time it's not going to smell as bad, um, even yeah. though you do get used to it. Uh, other other cool features of Moss, uh, or my one of my favorite things is there is a bar in Moss called New York <laughs> that was like New York themed, and like it's even funnier now that I live in New York because like when you live in New York, you start to feel like you can't escape it when you leave because it's in every single movie and they still show news stories about it regardless of where you are. Whereas if you leave it anywhere else in America, they kind of just stop talking about you unless something really crazy happens. Um, but yeah, the, it, it was so fun. New York and it was like a, it was a karaoke bar too, right? Like, do, do you remember going to that with us or? Oh yeah, right. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I, I mean, I don't sing, I don't do karaoke, but I think I watched mm-hmm. it a few times. I had forgotten that part. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's- no problem. I mean, this, the whole point of this is that I, I I also have, like, big lapses in memory. And I also, I remember a lot of things from these experiences that shouldn't necessarily, like, I'm just like, this This isn't super important, but uh, there were sure as, there were a lot of jellyfish off the dock in Moss. Like, I forget what time of year it was, but I was just like, oh, I was just like, oh, what the water surface looks weird, and I realized it was, like, nothing but jellyfish caps, um, like, 20 per square foot somehow. Uh, (laughs) I was like, this is awesome. And the swans. I loved the swans, too, out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, they're they're funny. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if there are swans with good dispositions. I mean, they were they were cool. Like it, it was interesting that they would just follow you around. Like I had a, a swan like follow me the entire length of that beach uh, with the um, with the the statue of the woman looking. I forget what those are called, but Moss had the statue of the woman looking out the ocean, and it was. Uh, kind of cool for me because this I forget what they're called but there's like a certain sister, there's a name for it. sister statues or something yeah like that. sister statues yeah exactly it was uh but I it was cool that that was facing America and there was like a, the sister statues in Virginia somewhere and I, I always think I'm like I'm at some point I'm gonna go find the sister statue because that's that's pretty cool um, but you know, you get, if you're a moody artist, uh, 21 year old, sometimes you want to stand next to the statue and go, I'm looking back at America. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the American East coast. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. 
I was gonna say, yeah, and there, there's a lot of, a lot of, the, again, I remember so much inconsequential stuff. One of my favorite things that this was just like a kind of a Norway versus America thing was the um, people putting like five snooze packets in their mouth in class and passing out. That was. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. What were yeah. what were some of your like culture shocks? Um, my culture shock, yeah, that, well, the snooze thing, I want to explain a little bit more, uh, so a lot of, I've had to explain snooze to Americans before, because it's not, it's not what happens over here, is that there, it's not like dip tobacco, where you spit, necessarily, as much, where, like, you'd need an actual spit bucket, it's like, packets of tobacco that you just put under your lip, and it, unless I'm remembering incorrectly, it was, like, bigger in Norway, because the cigarettes are a lot more expensive, is that, am I reading that right, or? Yeah, it's, it's a lot more expensive to smoke here, um, and I think mm. snooze is just, I think it's been produced up here also. Yeah, so... like, because it sounds like a word that's not, it sounds more scandic than American or anything like yeah. that, so... And then mm-hmm. now most people so, use those, yeah, you said those little packets. So it's like they mm-hmm. put, made like little portion packets now. Mm-hmm. So you can just, it will fit right under your, uh, between your teeth and your lip. But they ah. like back in the days, it was just like when you bought it, it wasn't pre-packed like that. So you took out a little bit and then you like put it in the palm of your hand and with your other hand, like you, you would say like, of the bark, yeah. So it's like you're baking it, but you're like netting it, pushing it into mm-hmm. little, like tiny little ball, and then you place mm-hmm. it in there. Um, but I, I like the little bags that they have now. It, it doesn't. I mean, I found my brothers passed out after parties and stuff. You know, asleep on the couch and the mouth mm-hmm. open, and then snooze just running down their chin. It's like, oh, that's yeah, disgusting, brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's what, okay, what always used to crack me up about that is that I feel like in an American class, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like in an American classroom, they would make some kind of, like, rule where you're not supposed to have snooze, they might have a difficulty policing it, but it was funny to me that people were just nodding out in the back of class, like, they could essentially just be, like, uh, it's the, the equivalent of being on edibles, honestly, because, like, those, um, I couldn't do those extra strong ones. Like, I, I like tobacco stuff, but the, the extra strong ones are just, like, make me, like, pass out. If I ever, if I dared do one while I was drinking, I'm gonna uh, vomit. I, like, had a, a puke episode in Sweden uh, that uh, ruined my chances with a girl. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, but at least it wasn't in front of anybody. It was, like, uh, uh, I gotta, it, it was just, a, like, oh, gotta run to the bathroom, and then I was, like, hey, can I cut in front of the line? I gotta, um, I gotta throw up, and someone was just, like, you can puke in the street, and I'm just, like, that's a fair <laughs> thing to say to a tourist, but also I would like to throw up in a bathroom. We got, we're wasting time. Uh, <laughs> Swedes. But, uh, That's Swedes for Swedes. you, filthy folk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was funny. I remember it being a drag, because I was running around uh, online dating a lot um, when I was in Norway, which is something, it was, it was a reason why I would, like, disappear from Moss for periods of time, is that I was being, oh. like, really irresponsible with online, yeah, was, I was being super irresponsible with a Norwegian OkCupid, I was just like, hey, I'm an American exchange student, I'm only here for six months, and, you know, thousand messages, I'm 22, come on. Um, so, 
<laughs> so I was like going to all kinds of places. I was visiting this one guy in Sandefjord, which without a car requires every form of transit. You have to wow. take uh, the boat to a train to an additional bus to an additional train. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that's yeah. impressive. That I was... mean, all you miss mm-hmm. were parties where the Norwegians mm-hmm. were trying to drink like American college students slash mm-hmm. remembering the years of being a Russe, I guess. That's mm-hmm. I don't know. We're just drinking. Yeah, that I was gonna I was gonna bring those up. Uh, but uh, one thing I will say when we were talking about a uh, culture shock, uh, besides the fact that I was illiterate, uh, because I you know not being able to read is normal problem when you're in other countries, but I was still, I was, like, not used to, like, oh, man, I can't even get close, uh, because of all the compound words, and it's, like, Spanish, you can sort of, like, there's cognates to English, there's similar words to English, this, I was just, like, well, yes, I better pay attention in Norwegian class, because, uh, I can't read, um, and I didn't have a smartphone, that, that, these are pre-smartphone days, and I think even if I had, I don't think I had a smartphone in America, but I know for a fact when I was in Norway, I had a, a study abroad uh, phone that was like a Nokia, not even a flip phone, it was just a little brick. Um, <laughs> like a Nokia like running around or something? <laughs> yeah, it was, oh yeah, it was a t- 2010, I had a tiny little Nokia phone, um, and I was just arranging things with people on the internet with no smartphone. When I think about that now, I'm not sure how I'm not dead, uh, other than the crime is pretty low in that country, so, okay. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, I was like, that's gotta be the only reason, um, so, yeah, I was running around like that, uh, and, uh, sorry, I, I completely got off topic when I was just talking about when I was running around, um, but there was an, oh, yeah, because that was the, yeah, I was a lit, yeah, so I was saying the culture shock because I was kind of illiterate with reading signs and stuff like that, and then, uh, one of the things that I had to immediately learn to say in Norwegian, uh, was I don't have a chip in my credit card. <laughs> <laughs> because at the but that time, at that time, Nor- entirety of Europe had gotten the chip thing down, and America certainly hadn't. Like I know that those cards existed, but they definitely weren't across the board, and everyone was confused that my card isn't chipped. So I had to learn to say in Norwegian, "I don't have a chip in my card. I need to swipe it." <laughs> <laughs> Do you still remember how to say that? I uh, oh yeah because it, the chi- the word chip was the same. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it was something teal chip. <laughs> Probably not. How how would I say it? Um, bankkort utan chip, maybe bank yeah. card without chip. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, I don't have my court. No chip. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. That was. <laughs> That was the only thing. That, but the thing is that my foreign languages, and again, I, this is just like Americans are so embarrassing with uh, being able to hold on to multiple languages. But I also studied uh, French, Japanese, and Norwegian, which have no bleed over to each other. And I think they all canceled each other out. Um, yeah. <laughs> they're, and then English. Yeah, because there's like absolutely no mix between any of them. And I tried to switch my mind too much. Um, but these are also lame excuses because uh, fucking most Europeans speak like three languages. So what are we doing over here? Um, different rant. <laughs> um, other uh, other cultural stuff. I'm trying to think. Anything about the food? 
in Norway? Yes, actually, that that's the first thing I would say. And I don't know if I'd call it a shock or just an acknowledgement that y- you guys are right. Um, is that the sandwich spies the amount of meat on sandwiches? Um, the there's like so much meat on American sandwiches, and it, I did not pay attention until uh, in Norway. There tends to be a lot less. Um, yes. in general, portion control, way better over there. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, I, I was surprised by the, you know, somebody uh, said recently they were like reading some list article to me and they're like, oh, wow, apparently like Norwegian people consume an extremely large amount of lasagna. That sounds weird. And I'm like, actually, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Keen, like, they've probably actually... made lasagna like once a week. Yeah. No, he totally did. Um, yeah, we made lasagna once a week. There was a there was a goth a couple that I was hanging out with in Oslo that had lasagna every Friday night, um, and I would hang out with them. And uh, one of the dudes I was seeing in there is uh, their two black cats. It was very cute. Um, so yeah, because I was hanging out at goth clubs up there. I was hanging out at like BDSM clubs. I was all I was wildin', uh, <laughs> and I was also using because uh, the the Ryanair airport was in Riga. Um, so I could just go anywhere, uh, because that was so close to the school. And then I was also seeing the dude in Sandefjord, who had the other Ryanair airport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, it was running around. But, yeah, I do want to talk about the parties. Yeah, you are talking about how, uh, Norwegian students drinking, like, American students, and somehow that translated to an inch of wine on the floor. Do you, do you remember that? What was that? <laughs> What, they they there was so much wine on the floor at all those parties. They were kind of like throwing the alcohol around. I remember oh. it. There just being a lot on the floor. Like at the end of those things, there was just like a thin layer of wine. Um, there was also oh, some yeah. songs that got played over and over and over again to the point where I associate with them with Norway, even if they're Americans. So, uh, um. I think dynamite might be one of them. Oh, uh, yes. Just uh, yeah, no that and that the I got a feeling. Woo-hoo. I'm yep. like that's that's a Norway song to me because <laughs> they just didn't stop. There would be like three times a party with that one. Um, but then there was also stuff that it, it wasn't like Norwegian music necessarily that got peppered in that wasn't back home. It was just other like kind of other techno Europop stuff that didn't necessarily make it over the stage. Like that Barbara Streisand song. Oh yeah, that was y'all were playing that every (laughs) every five minutes, and I I did not hear that at all when I went back to the states unless like certain DJs and everything. But yeah, the the song where the entire lyrics are Barbara Streisand. Yep. That's it. Norway. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. like, with the, like you said, with the wine on the floor, I was like, I don't remember mm-hmm. that specifically, but it's, mm-hmm. with that type of party, everyone just, or especially, no, I was going to say especially the guys, but it wasn't just the guys, but mm-hmm. they just get so drunk and it's like they're going to jump around and they always have to have a drink in their hand. Like, you don't ever mm-hmm. stop drinking. And so they're, like, dancing and jumping on the couches and tables and stuff. So, of course, they're mm-hmm. spilling stuff everywhere. So, yeah, yeah, the floor was probably just always gnarly. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, it was it was wild, and I think that there was a thing where they were just like intentionally throwing uh, the alcohol, which is uh, wacky to me. And then of course everybody's also like snooze. I remember that I uh, there was kind of a parallel between Westchester University and uh, American College of Norway in that at Westchester University to get the cheap things you drive to Delaware, and there you were driving to Sweden yeah. uh, to get like meat and cigarettes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that was fun. Um, I was I, I always wonder like when I'm I, I'm hitting that memory. What is the deal with customs in that? Like, do they care or like why was that? just fine or like yeah they care i mean you have a quota for everything Mm -hmm. so you have a quota on tobacco so it's like you can buy this many like cartons or packets of cigarettes and this much snooze and Mm -hmm. you can and then with like alcohol it's like if you're if you're buying like beers and stuff below this percentage, you can bring this many liters. If it's stronger than that, you can bring this many liters per person. And they will check it eventually. But people often, when they go to Sweden and they're like, so those are the restrictions. So it's, it's for like tobacco mm-hmm. and alcohol. They don't check you if you bought too much bacon or too much candy. Yeah. Um, meat. Yeah. Yeah. So they will, every now and then they will have, or pretty often they they do have like checkpoints on the border for customs and then i've heard of people mm-hmm. you know they've been pulled over and it's like oh shit i got fined and then they took my alcohol because i bought mm-hmm. too much but oftentimes they can oh, get away oh but that's away all that it. happens yeah they take yeah. your alcohol away but... and then you get a big fine so oh, it sucks okay. well... but i mean it's not you're not going to get ruined it's not it's not mm-hmm. that much it depends on how much so if it's like, oh, you you have like three six packs of beer too much, that's uh, different from, you know, every now and then they will also stuff mm-hmm. a semi-trailer that's like stuffed with half a ton of cigarettes and then are like, oh, you're going mm-hmm. to jail. Yeah, those are the, yeah, those are the people you want to bust. But I, I do like that they don't uh, waste too much time on a bunch of kids that might have like measured things wrong. Uh, but it was really funny to me that it was literally the same situation in Westchester because uh, the state of Delaware does not have sales tax, which is, uh, and oh. it also has a bunch of like weird other rules because they uh, they kind of have themselves set up in a niche where um, companies can be really corrupt there because they don't have a lot of laws financially and it's cheap to uh, set up a like a credit card company there uh but what that means is that there's like a bunch of outlet malls and uh crazy shit right over the border and like an alcohol supermarket so that's that's what we were always uh driving over and doing in westchester to uh deal with that um how long did it take to drive there Oh, not that it, not that long at all. Like uh, maybe like twenty minutes. Like Westchester oh. University of Pennsylvania was basically on the PA Delaware border. So oh. and it was it was like kind of about the same distance as uh, Norway and whatever the nearest uh, Swedish town, whatever that was. Um, I remember one of the I I brought a Swedish guy back and it was like it wasn't real drama, but it was funny that I I think people might have been. 
you know, maybe this is me projecting, but, like, I made a rule where I was like, I am not going to hook up with anyone I'm actually going to school with because we're all stuck on this hill together, and if it gets weird, I can't do anything. But, you know, then I bring somebody to pack to hook up with, and they're Swedish, and there was this whole, like, I saw the conversation happen, and then, like, I forget who was just like, Svensk! Yeah, like, looking at me, like, why did you bring a Swedish person here? <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was probably awesome. like, where did you find him? Like, are, yeah. are we just good enough for you? Yeah, exactly. Um, That's That was the drama. I was like, the internet. And I also want to be like, listen, I'm also taking trains, planes, and automobiles to see this guy in Sandefjord, so uh, please don't worry about me too much. Yeah. Everyone else is in Oslo, but there was those two insane things. The the Sound of Your guy actually visited me in America, like, a few years later. Um, He's, yeah, he's awesome. I I should, uh, I should look him up. This is one of those things where I was, like, trying to figure out who to contact uh, for this podcast interview, and I was just, like, there's, like, a lot of really cool people at ACN, uh, but you're you're definitely, like, super friendly and personable and the kind of person I'd want to have on the podcast, but I was Yay. also just, like, please, I'm not bringing people on the podcast that I met them because I was sleeping with them. That's, uh, that, that's crazy talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or even people I met at the BDSM club, too, because we'd have to explain why we knew each other, and I don't know if they, because I know the well, the one woman I knew from there as a teacher, and I, uh, oh, oh man, that story. Uh, I I met her up with her again, internet meeting, uh, and she said to me, uh, "We'll meet up at the Burger King because you know what that is." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That's awesome." <laughs> It's like, you're not gonna be, you're not gonna get messed up because Americans know what Burger King is. I was like, thanks. That's totally fine, but holy shit. Yo. Um, could you describe, just like, describe, like, the general setup of ACN, you know, because I just don't want to, like, completely hold the floor. I want to let you talk. Um, but yeah, could you, like, describe, like, what the school looked like and, like, what the deal with the class size was and everything? Yeah. I'll try. So, yeah, American College mm-hmm. of Norway, we just say ACN. Um, mm-hmm. It was, all the classes were held in this old historical building that's located uh, in a pretty nice part of town, historical part of town. And then the year we were there, we lived in, like, construction barracks, or what would you call them? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, they were yeah, construction fixing, trailer, yeah. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. fixing up the student living quarters or whatever. So that was where we lived was a bit disappointing that year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the old historical building where we had our classes, that was nice and it was right next to a waterfall. I don't remember if it was like a dammed up if there had oh, been like yeah. a power dam there or something. Mm-hmm. Um and the streets right below, there were these old, like, historical buildings, small wooden red buildings that were workers' quarters for the the paper mill back in the days. Mm-hmm. And they have been renovated, and they're, like, super tiny and cute and picturesque. And some of the teachers and lecturers lived in those buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think... That is part of what they called Old Town. 
I felt like the whole town felt like old town to me. Um, yeah. But interest, interesting that that was that. Yeah, I knew that the building we were in was super old, and I remember there was one class where they took us into one of the more, like, historical, like, still furnished the way it was originally parts of the building. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, the, the construction worker dorms were interesting in their own way. I think that... Uh, it's it's a little sad that it was kind of nicer than the ones at Westchester. I'm not going to lie. Westchester University <laughs> of Pennsylvania is a state school. And the, the thing that I was freaking out about was that, like, oh, my God, you don't have to have a roommate in your room and you have your own bathroom. And I was so excited. And the mattress was somehow nicer than the one they gave us at Westchester. So, you know, now I'm just kind of like, there's no way that accommodations are still like that at colleges because I feel like people would complain um, more. But I was just, you know, at the time people were like, oh, these are just construction dorms. And I'm just like, I'm not going to talk too much about what I just left. Because <laughs> um, it was like yeah. worse. I... Yeah, I think the only thing that uh, really jacked me up is that um, I got uh, I got food poisoning once when everybody else was gone because it was like Thanksgiving. They gave us a break for Thanksgiving, but I didn't have anywhere to go. Um, so I but then I got I got food poisoning and the pipes oh, froze no. and there was like oh, nobody no. there. That was uh, disgusting because there there is nowhere to run for yourself when you're when you're living like on top of your bathroom. Um, yeah. I also had a kid, uh, not a kid, guy visit me from America, um, who was not supposed to stay in that room with me that long because there's really not enough room for two people. Like, I, I still don't know how he slept on my floor in that room because oh, it's yeah. like a, a broom closet. Yeah. It was um, tiny. But, he, oh, so, it was so tiny and yet they managed to get, like, a whole bathroom and everything I into know. each one of those rooms, which is so impressive to me. Yeah. Um, so, I, but, anyway, he was not supposed to stay there longer than a couple of days, but all of his credit cards got uh, jacked up by traveling, and I guess he didn't warn them or something, so he had to stay in my room for, like, a week and a half, um, and that that was bonkers. I felt bad for him, but I was also like, oh, fuck, this is not a two-person room. <laughs> Was this while you had food poisoning? No. No, okay. that was a different oh, time. I was um, going to say, that sounds yeah. like a nightmare. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was earlier, and I also don't think uh, he visited when it was, like, at maximum cold yet, because I was there, like, August through early December, mm -hmm. and I think that he probably did not visit me during the dark part. I think that he would have come, like, slightly earlier than that. Uh, but... Yeah, so then, the, you know, the darkness thing, people ask me about that a lot uh, with living in Norway, but we were far enough south that, uh, unless, and, you know, remind me, unless I'm remembering this fully incorrectly, the sun sort of, like, air quotes came up at, like, 9 a.m. and then rolled sideways and then went back down again at uh, American 3 p.m., whatever the actual, the scene. Europeans are doing all measurements correctly and we're fucking everything up. I will cop to that immediately. It totally should be, like, 13 hours or something. Um, is it 15? <laughs> is that what it is? I'm so dumb. Yeah, 20. Okay, you know. Or, uh, so, what did you mean? Like, when, when 3 p.m. is? Is that what you wanted? Yeah, when uh, 3 p.m. is in military 15. or everybody else's time. 15, 15 yeah, exactly. Hours, sir. 
1500 hours uh or uh really should we should have 15 o'clock and we should be using uh god i saw a really funny meme that was like americans will use anything to measure uh distance except the metric system when it's just people talking about like oh yeah no it's like 50 50 gallons that's the equivalent of like 10 bales of hay but they won't like yeah <laughs> use metric yeah it's like <laughs> that's about the same length as five bicycles it's like what? Yeah, uh, you could also say learn metric. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I. 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 It. It was amazing how quickly the second I crossed the border and started living there, even on a, a temporary basis, I just started throwing America under the bus. Like I, there was a lot of things that I like about us, especially like culturally and arts. Like we contribute a lot of really good art and mm -hmm. particular film. Yeah. Uh, I think that the probably film and music uh, seem to be our strong points. Uh, managing ourselves, abysmal. We're not doing a good job at management, but we're great at uh, film as long as it doesn't get completely taken over by AI. Um, fun fact, one of the only reasons I've never actually tried to move to Norway after I left was that uh, I can't bring my snake into the country. Um, and I had an actual uh, discussion with the Norwegian consulate where I was like, I understand your logic, but it, seriously, is there no way that I can bring my four-foot snake? <laughs> oh, yeah. I... Wait, was this recently? Yeah. Because we've changed some laws. Ooh, have you? Yes. Um, I, are they the snake laws? <laughs> yes, reptiles. Oh, yeah. Are now... Yeah, but I don't know if, it, if you're allowed to bring it from America. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And the it. reason I'm not willing to be... Yeah, I get you. I get you. Yeah, the reason I'm not willing to actually be mad about it as much as I would like to jump ship in increasingly uh, dire circumstances as much as I would uh, love to think about it... Um, I'm not going to argue with the customs logic of you should not bring a large exotic reptile into the country because if it escapes, it's going to be a problem. That is like so reasonable, straight ahead, logical thinking that if I'm not willing to argue much longer than like a little bit like, well, you know, if it was this, that, the other way, but other than that, I'm just like, yeah. If I was in your position, I probably also would be wary of people bringing large reptiles in from other countries. That seems like a, not the best idea, even if they wouldn't survive the cold on their own anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'll check. I mean, it's always, wor it's always worth checking t back to see if that's still a thing. And I I'll call again. I don't care. Oh, <laughs> yes. I mean, if you come here, I would be so happy. We I can would hang too. out again, um, and then you can take me to all the places where you went, where I didn't go, and <laughs> I'll show you all the other places. Ooh, fun. Yes. Yeah, and I also didn't get to, like, hike enough. I don't know why uh, the J uh, July Peninsula, is that, if that was, it was the, there was a peninsula attached to Moss that had good hiking, and for some reason I was just, like, not over there, and I it wasn't until I, because I, for some reason I thought it ended uh, at one of the weird areas where I was hiking and then it took me like leaving America and looking at a map and being like wait there was this whole little area over here in like island stuff and I could I'm like damn it this is, <laughs> there's oh, not going to be really that much of a reason for me to go um, 
Yeah, no, I, th I think about it all the time. I mean, I also have a lot of, you know, I have a, a lot of things here, but it's uh, also weird here, um, <laughs> just environment-wise. Uh, so I fantasize about going back to an area where um, insane Republicans don't exist in this format. You know, there's all, of course, there's right-wing people everywhere, and there's... Mm -hmm people everywhere this goal is money um but it's just it's not quite the same <laughs> there's a certain flavor of weirdness out here that is born specifically from uh the bad education system yeah <laughs> and the bad health care yeah mm -hmm. god and then you know oh yeah and of course people ask me a lot about like the healthcare situation out there i will never forget when i left my psych meds in belgium and with no insurance immediately received my psych meds in norway for the equivalent of eleven dollars um, and they also were just, the response was not, you need paperwork from somewhere, you need some kind of proof that you need these psych meds. The response was, oh no, you lost your psychiatric medication. That's terrible for you. We don't want you to go without it. Here it is for $11. I was like, ah, uh, <laughs> is, is this how it's supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> like this, this is how it is when people care <laughs> like I, I dude like I and I, I you know what's funny is that I have such Stockholm syndrome literally today I had a situation where I'm just like shit I'm about to be out of the country but my insurance will only let my fill my medication in New York State uh, three days before it's about to run out. So I, the, I always get, instead of like the corporate pharmacies, I like CVS or Walgreens or like the, the big corporate pharmacies, I always go with a small independently owned hole in the wall place because they are more likely to ignore the rules. Um, and I, t today I was seriously like, Hey, I'm about to go traveling. And she goes like, if you pay cash, we'll let you take it now, like two weeks ahead of when your insurance says we're allowed to give it to you. And I, and I was so excited. I was like, yay, yay, this is the thing. And you know, but when I really think about it, I'm like, this should never have been a problem. Um, I, this whole, I, I'm just like, I have such uh, Stockholm syndrome that I'm like, this is great. I can't believe these guys will actually take care of me when it's like, this shouldn't even be a thing where I can only fill my meds in New York state, uh, with a, like a three day window from when they're about to run out. I was like, this is, you know, I'm excited yeah. because of a solution to a problem that shouldn't exist. You know, mm -hmm. it's <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's sometimes it takes something like that to realize that. The way mm -hmm. or the way you're used to things being, is it okay? Yeah. Um, my mom says that sometimes about, she's, she's more in referencing uh, back pain and chronic pain when she says this, but she's, uh, it's also general as she says, uh, you, you don't know how much pain you're in until someone takes it away from you. Yeah. Um, and that was definitely a, a thing from me going to just uh, going from America to going to Norway was, you know, me realizing, I was like, oh, there's a, just this general layer of rationality and not flashing your money around that does not happen over there. Like, there's a lot more, like, humility in people. Like, the, the Yanta, could you explain the, the uh, Yantaloven? Is that, am I saying that right? Yeah, Yanta, the law yeah. of Yanta. Um, Yanta? Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, it's pretty much this. What do you say? It's not. It's not really a law. It's just no uh, philosophy. Right? Yeah, a philosophy kind of. But 
So mm-hmm. it's like, uh, don't think you're anybody special. Don't think you can do anything better than others. Um, yeah, don't don't think that you have skills that others don't have. So it's pretty much like just, well, the way we view it now is like, well, it's just pushing you down because you're not allowed mm-hmm. to, you're not allowed to like be proud of your accomplishments or at least you're not allowed to talk about mm-hmm. it. You can't brag. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think back in the days it was viewed as a thing of like, um, yeah, don't brag, be humble. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I think it became such a big thing. It became almost a monster. So it's like, as soon as mm. someone's like, oh my God, I, let's say like, oh my God, I, I got this, um, grant or something, or, you know, I got mm. a scholarship and it's like, oh, so you think you're special or something? And then people will talk shit about you mm-hmm. if you if you if you're proud of something that you achieved or accomplished mm-hmm. so these days it's it's more of a fuck the law of yanta nice. uh, yeah it, because <laughs> it just brings you down and holds you back and makes you mm-hmm. think that you're insignificant yeah, it's it, it was interesting when they taught us about that in Nor or like in Norwegian class. I was like, I, there has to be some happy medium between this and whatever we're doing in America, um, because <laughs> there's like the other. I was like, the other extreme is also pretty bad. Like you know, you don't want to be pushed down. You don't want to be, uh, you know, conformity, and you don't want to have like bad self esteem and stuff like that. You know, you want to be able to be happy and be an individual i'm like i'm very big on being an individual and that's another that's one thing where i will be like yeah i I like being american because it's easier to be weird here and than it is in many other places it's like if you're an absolute weirdo uh you can get because we have such a individualist thing but that does go too far and it also makes people feel as though they're immune to criticism because like oh it's a free country so you know i can uh burn trash on my front lawn uh, and that's my god-given <laughs> right i don't care how many people in my block get sick that's that's like when they start like doing things just for the sake of being able to do them it's just like well i have the freedom to do this so i should uh, because like other people can't florida man <laughs> burns trash yeah (laughs) (laughs) it it definitely is you know um and i you know i was always like really impressed with that i understood what the bad sides of it were but i was also just like we could use a little bit of that injected into (laughs) american culture especially like the I think the flashing your money around thing is one thing that was big and noticeable is that there was a lot less like insane ostentatious homes and restaurants and all kinds is that there's there's just such a massive like obsession with wealth we're kind of in a new gilded age over here where like the the billionaires are richer than they've ever been and everything uh but it it didn't seem like that as much over there i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i I, it's like that's like the there's kind of like a connection between that and like cultural views right yeah i mean i feel like it's that's getting 
course here as well the richest people here are uh, getting richer as well but it's because of like oil mm -hmm. and salmon and uh, energy mm -hmm. um and but i don't think it's as wild as it is in the states mm -hmm. um and it's yeah it it's still kind of if you see someone and and you can tell that they're rich and they're bragging about being rich then mm -hmm. like we say here you get a bad taste in your mouth like it's right. it, yeah it's kind of i don't know that's a big turn off Mm -hmm. uh, if you're gonna be rich, at least like be down to earth. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, you can still go buy clothes from, I don't know, some cheap places every now and then. You can still buy secondhand. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, don't don't segregate yourself, you know, by being. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like exactly. we collectively no, I... love to hate on the people that mm -hmm. brag about being rich. Yeah, and see, here we kind of have a different thing. Like, we'll jealous say stuff like that, but the second you come into something, you're like, we're going out! And, you know, post an Instagram like, yeah, look at us, we got the caviar and everything like that. I think the best uh, <laughs> indicator of this is probably rap videos. People that uh, got <laughs> like, rap videos are real, like, a lot of the lyrics, like the guys who get famous, a lot of the lyrics are just like, I was broke, now I'm not. And then it's just like them standing under like a fountain of cash. Um, <laughs> and it's, it, it's different, you know, it's not, there's, again, there's pros and cons to everything, but that was something I noticed that I really liked was just how that aspect was less competitive and less flashy. It was just kind of like, it seemed like it was not polite to, like, kind of run around with wealth and, like, his status symbols and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, you know, like you said, it's, like, that's that's sort of changing everywhere, but it was, it was definitely something I liked there versus here, you know. Um, and then also just the, the science-forward rather than religion-forward attitude, you know, like, I didn't, I, another culture shock was, like, I didn't think that hard about how much religion uh, influences laws in America until I was in Norway and I was like, oh, right, yeah, you wouldn't have a bunch of people fighting you about this because uh, they, you don't have people as much going like, God doesn't want this is the reason that we're voting against this law. Like, that's, <laughs> it seems less. Is like, am I correct on that or? Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and... we do have, I think Christianity is the biggest religion here, mm -hmm. but... Uh... I think also definitely a lot of atheists or agnostic mm -hmm. people here and there there aren't I think there's one political party that is like part of their name is uh that they're Christian. Mhm. Mm and whenever they try to do something like they mention something about like doctors shouldn't have to do abortions if they don't want to. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh, do you really want to try this? <laughs> we're like, well, I guess we're going out and marching. I mean, it's been a longer mm -hmm. time since we've marched here for something like that. Mm -hmm. um, we're like, yeah, you know what? We're going to take that. I see you. And we're going to actually extend the number of weeks where you can take an abortion. <laughs> it's really like, yeah. that. No, that's... 
that's definitely um yeah a big plus over there that you don't have to like tell people that abortion is healthcare because that's that's gotten crazy over here obviously and uh yeah yeah no it's it's not cool we, i you know what you just reminded me is that we as a group went to see uh we were in a protest because we went to the protest when that that uh the person who won the nobel prize um wasn't allowed to be there because he was in chinese prison lu chavot yeah um Lucia. Yeah. yeah. So we all went to that. We went to a candlelight visual and I also was, uh, I went again, there's, there's things that I, like, I don't want to call them culture shock because shock would imply unpleasant. I was mostly just happier that things were happening like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, protest with no yelling. That was wacky. I've never seen it. Like yeah. most the protests in America are screamers. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> been was, to a uh, screaming protest. Like, I feel like next time I go mm-hmm. to the states, I want to do one of those. Oh yeah, no, I, I, the Writers Guild. Uh, I don't know if you know, like the writer strikes and the actor strikes. I was uh, on a writer strike pick, uh, picket line. I was hoarse by the end of that. Mm. It's it's a lot of yelling chants and uh, being loud. It's not like cacophonous, like everybody screaming different things at once. Um, it's usually something like. Uh, yeah, just, just like stuff about contracts like what do we want contract when do we want it now if we don't get it shut it down if we don't get it shut it down if we don't get it shut it down like that that kind of stuff yeah. um pro-union things but i remember that being really it was an amazing candlelight vigil um i really liked uh, the the building that we were in um I, I forget where that was, where the Nobel Peace Prize was awarded, had those beautiful murals everywhere. Uh, I don't I don't know if you remember what that place yeah, was. Uh, I think it was the, it all, who says, oh, uh, Oslo City Hall. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I think I so. I think they might have used that. Yeah, like, I'd have to look at the murals because I remember them. Um, and also, I am convinced, uh, I might be wrong, but I think that they used... Uh, that building in a Marvel movie, there was, like, some pivotal scene where, like, Loki was walking around that I, it might have even been one of the Thor ones or something, Ooh. where I was like, that has to be the same building, but also all those movies are green screens, so it could have been anywhere. If you figure um, that out, send me a message, because I didn't notice. Yeah. Yeah, I I need to figure that out uh, and just look because every once in a while I'll see something and I'm like, was that Norway or is my brain not remembering right or? Eh? Um, but yeah, I'll I'll definitely have to check that out. Oh, cool. Hey, so um, was it the semester that you were here that we had uh, American history and it was a a professor from the states. You know what? Yeah, I think I think we did. Um, I and I think I might have even had that. Cre- Although you know what, I might have had that credit wave because I had to take it as a gen ed at my actual school. So I don't know if we had American history. I don't know if I was in that class. Oh, okay. Because I know there was only like a hundred students at the school, um, and I did I didn't take every single class. And I also know that I scheduled my week, so I was only in class four days a week too because I wanted to be able mm-hmm. to fly around and have fun on the weekend. Um, Wait, were we a hundred students? That sounds so. Yeah, lot. there was like a little bit, uh, maybe like a hundred or less. Um, and I don't, I don't think every single student lived there either. Oh I think yeah. That, uh, I, yeah, I think that the Paoli guy, like that is from where I'm from, like because I think the two expats were that were Baltimore. They and uh, like the because the, there was the North Dakota people. There was me. 
and then there was two expats, and I think that that were from America, and I think those two were military and lived with their families, and they weren't actually in the dorms. Oh yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, because I was thinking I about think the dorms, and then I was like, we can't have been more than thirty tops, mm-hmm. but yeah, there were yeah. not everyone lived there. Mm-hmm. Might have been like a hundred or less or something. Um, yeah. Oh, another thing that was uh, amazing about being there, uh, we're rolling up in the end, but I definitely want to mention this, is that I, I had an English as a second language student, and uh, I was being paid, uh, like, that the stu- the school set up, like me and this, uh, me and this young girl uh, from China, I was helping her learn English. First off, her English was perfect, so we were pretty much just watching cartoons, um, and I, and I, I made up some things that were like English exercises, but I was also like, she doesn't need to be here. Um, but I also remember more Stockholm syndrome here. I remember having my mind blown that that was 25 bucks an hour. And then I, I found out the Norwegian minimum wage at that time was equivalent to like $22 an hour, which is unheard of. Cause in many state, the federal minimum wage, I think is like $7 and 25 cents. It's scary. Yeah. Um, that <laughs> so that totally blew my mind too oh yeah i was just gonna ask because i i wrote down some notes um mm-hmm. and there was at some point someone asked if they can come and interview people and write an article about the school mm-hmm. and uh, and they did and people were so excited everyone was so excited and then when the article came out it was just terrible Oh no! <laughs> was, did that? I don't remember that. Oh yeah, it was. It was. What did she say? Oh, it was bad. I mean, she had interviewed uh, the principal or Krista. Was she uh-huh. a principal or yeah? Yeah. Um, oh, I I remember her. She then, was really nice. I know that she was like higher staff, but not like the owner or whatever. Yeah. But. So the the interviewer or like, um. The article said, like, as they sat down and she described what the room looked like, and she's like, and on Krista's desk is, a like, a huge jar of peanut butter, and you could see, like, it had been scraped empty, and you could see, like, the scratch marks on the what? inside. And also uh. she interviewed, I think it was Pia, the, mm-hmm. the super nice, happy blonde girl. In her class. Yeah, everyone there was and, super nice. Yeah. And she described it as like, oh yeah, she seems like the typical, like she, her biggest dream is to become like a California girl. Like, mm-hmm. uh, she seems kind of dumb. All she talks oh, about Jesus. are parties. Like, whoever she talked about or talked to, she just, yeah, she just said like, mean stuff and everything was really bad and we're like this article is terrible and also it's just Mm -hmm. like mean for no reason yeah really mean and then we had to complain to like there's some law about like ethical journalism in Norway oh we could use some more of those yeah (laughs) but yeah I was wondering I was like do you remember that but Oh yeah, no, I, d- I don't. I might not have. Also, might not have been my semester because I know I was only there for one. T- Did you yeah. go there for more than one semester? Were you there for like a year? Or... Yeah, I was there for a full school year. Gotcha. So I think yeah, we no, I was started only there for a at the same time, and then you left mm-hmm. at the end of December, and I continued on until like May or June. 
Yeah, yeah, no, typical, uh, if they're running on an American semester schedule, it's, like, uh, end of May. Um, but I'm glad you have notes, like, because uh, uh, we are kind of rolling up on time. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, like, just, uh, what, what do you have that uh, I, I left off? What do you want to talk about? Oh, uh, I mean, when I, when I asked you about, like, if you had that history teacher, mm -hmm. it was because uh, that professor, she wanted us to... We started talking about the American dream and something mm -hmm. called the beacon of hope and a city upon a hill mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, I heard of the American dream, but not the city upon a hill and the beacon of hope. And yeah. uh, I, I think it was, it might've just been us Norwegians that had to take that American history class. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we, we would not take that i mean we started arguing we're like <laughs> but america isn't the greatest country in the world <laughs> I was like me and, and oh, we're like, people need to hear it yes we're like <gasps> just look at the healthcare system and like mm -hmm. the professor was just like no she's like this is a known fact um oh and we were we were trying That's... to discuss it we're like but but it isn't and like look at this and she's like no you have to write a super long essay and she was just like, this paper is about how the United States of America is the beacon of hope for the world. And if we didn't conclude <laughs> with that, then she gave us a really shit grade. Oh my god, that's not cool. And, uh, and so, American, American exceptionalism is uh, poison, and it's not always... Uh, it's not always everyone's fault because they're taught nothing else and we yeah. also don't get any education about the world. We're all, like, idiots about geography because they won't even, like, let alone what conditions are in the other countries, they won't even tell us where they are. Um, like, <laughs> can't even find the country to figure out if they got better systems in place yeah. because the geography education is so bad. I didn't know that happened. That That's crazy. Um, I suddenly remembered that we had one, uh, that one film teacher that showed us music every week and she was great yeah um, emily like, hill yeah, yeah yeah that was cool yeah i just realized i like i thought i think about that every time i see one of the musicals she showed us because i'm like i never would have watched this <laughs> if it weren't for that yeah. one class it's uh, i meet meet me in st louis and uh i think singing in the rain i would have watched somewhere else but i definitely would have never seen meet me in st louis and a couple other ones yeah. um, i think after like the having to write that paper for the history professor. I think we went to Miss Hill and we complained. And then she like <laughs> talked about like American exceptionalism and, you know, not all Ooh. Americans are like this, but this is what a lot of Americans are taught in school. And, mm -hmm. but yeah, I was going to ask you what you thought about us Norwegians view of, or, you know, how we were challenging American exceptionalism, but. I don't know if you experienced any of that while you were here. Mm -hmm. Oh, um, well, here's the hilarious thing about, well, first off, like I said, I kept throwing America under the bus at every opportunity um, because it, that now I have a little bit more of a level-headed opinion now, but I think at the time I was a lot more 20s activist. This country sucks. I'm leaving. Meh. Um, so <laughs> it wasn't very, it wasn't very difficult to get me to do that. But also for some reason, when I was in Europe, I was not getting clocked as American a lot. I was getting clocked as German 
or from some other country where I was it speaking English because I was in Norway and had an American accent for some reason. But, like, even there was one time I was walking with the American student, like, some of the North Dakota dudes, and someone was just like, oh, you guys are American students. And then she looks at me and goes, where are you from? <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't, I think I, I was also dressing a lot more, like, more consistently goth then, so I think people mm-hmm. kept clocking me as German. Um, yeah. <laughs> the country yeah. of goth. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. And, you know, there was a lot, and also, you know, if I had any American exceptionalism in me, uh, it would have, uh, uh, like what fragments I had completely bit the dust when I experienced living there because like I said just the, the the influence of religion on the government alone like that's a, stub- a stumbling block that we can't seem to get past at all and I would love to but like that alone is just like we can't have like a t- ethereal thing out there you know and I'm a, I am a very spiritual person I'm like a, a super you know mm-hmm. loopy uh witchy type human but i would never say that something i saw in my dreams like look i had this sleep paralysis demon uh therefore you should change your healthcare policies like that's not gonna happen like <laughs> not like that you know like oh i you know i, I had a, a full conversation with my dead grandmother while i was awake so you should make uh immigration different <laughs> like that's not like that. that's what i'm hearing when a lot of that kind of stuff happens um so yeah, hopefully that answered your question in a roundabout yeah. way. Um, I, it was it, it is weird dealing with other American students that um, don't aren't like that, and it is weird having the conversations with American exceptionalists at home um, because they're just not. I know they're not going to leave the country, and I know that it's been so deeply ingrained that they might even reject the information if they got it or rationalize it or this that the other thing or just be like, oh well, they have this thing better, but you know what they don't have. Elvis and I'm like that's not a reason to accept bad health care I don't <laughs> that's... That's like... yeah that's... that's like bringing in side arguments um so uh yeah do you have a uh, what else do you have written down um I wrote down Rocky Horror because I think when I met you I mean you brought it up pretty quickly mm-hmm. And I think yeah. I had, I think I had watched the movie once mm-hmm. before, or I'm not sure. But anyways, you talked about it, and I was like, I was like, yes, another person that, I mean, you were super into it, and I had just watched the movie, and mm-hmm. I was like, this is cool, but it's like I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I met you, and you were yeah. like, so like out there about it and I was like okay so Mm -hmm. it's cool to think that this is cool yeah yeah absolutely and also it's cool to think that it's bad too because the whole point of the culture is that we're making we're literally making fun yelling in the middle of it and throwing things at the screen like when you see a live rocky horror performance yeah like a lot of it yeah did you ever end up going to one or no i haven't done that i heard one of your earlier episodes Mm -hmm. when you really talk about that and i was like oh my gosh i didn't know you were supposed to do that and i really want to experience that i need some Mm -hmm. friends to do that with and i don't think i have any here I know there's European casts 
that exist, um, especially in England, because that's where the movie's from. Um, and I know they still do the same thing. So I, I would strongly recommend uh, finding one of the European casts that does it, because I know they exist. I don't know if they're in Scandinavia, but you also have access to a reasonably priced airfare, which is not always the thing here. It's like, it's like gambling here. Like, I've got... This morning, I got an $18 train ticket to Washington, D.C., but I have also paid on the same train line $200 to go to Philadelphia, which is oh, closer. Uh, it, like, the shit makes no sense. Um, so I would definitely I would definitely recommend trying to uh, track down a European cast. Yeah. Um, is there, like, a, a yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show for Dummies intro thing? Or um, do I just go I and l- learn? Uh, yeah, you go and learn, and they usually say that, like, you know, pe- they usually address, like, people who haven't been here before, and they, they're they're goofy about it, and they're like, oh, virgins, and then there's, like, a whole ge- uh, game, sometimes you can participate in, like, a game called, like, a virgin sacrifice that's, like, a stu- stupid game you do in front of the audience, <laughs> but they don't make you, uh, they, they, obviously they can't make you do that, but usually there's enough people that are, like, drunk and volunteering or pressuring their friends to run up and do the game and it's always like as it like the one that my cast always used to do was like imitate your favorite cartoon character having an orgasm uh and then like the for, the best person like won a prize like free tickets to a screening or something like that um and yeah and, it, and it's a very funny and you know it gets the audience into it because cartoon character voices are ridiculous like <laughs> People have done SpongeBob a lot, like, Whoa! like. <laughs> um. Oh. All right. Well, how about we do like? Do you have like one more thing you have written down, and then uh, we should probably close it out. Yeah, I had that. I wrote New York. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? So the cl- do you remember we met up in New York? Yes. Oh my God. We totally did. Yeah. I guess there's a picture of us in front of the damn... Oh, right! Yeah! There was that... Because we went to Jekyll and Hyde Club, didn't we? That's not... The the restaurant with all the spooky robots? Did we go to that? Yes, I think we went there. But first, oh you God. took me... You took me so You were being a super good guide, and you are like, here, I'm going to show you this place. And we went in, and you're like... And there was a big sign and stuff. And then you pointed, and you're like... Mm-hmm that's where Harry met Sally or something like that. And I was like, uh, oh, yeah. and I was like, I, I don't know who they are. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, never mind. Then let's instead go to this other place. And then we went to the Jekyll and Hyde. Bar. Oh, awesome. That, that place isn't, uh, I don't think that's there anymore. I know that there's like a different Jekyll and Hyde club, that, but we went to the cool one that had all the actors and everything and not the one that was just a bar. Ooh. But I remember that. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for reminding me of that. I feel bad that it fell through the cracks of my memory, but I'm also like, this is literally why I'm doing the podcast is because oh. I can't remember anything. I'm so glad um, I could give you that. I feel like you've given me yay. so much. Like this was the episode of... <laughs> You bringing on someone with also a really bad memory. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> well, uh, well, I, I, we're gonna wrap up the episode. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for doing it, and uh, stay in touch. It was really cool talking to you. Thank you for inviting me. This has been so much right. fun.